Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Morning to you. How you doing? Thursday, brand new month, almost at the end of the week. There's no ice on the ground. It's a good day. There's a lot of stuff to recommend this day, I think. Dave Hughes in on this Thursday over in the booth, as always, the master of the controls, my buddy Rhino. How you doing, sir? Oh, not too bad. About you? Not bad. Not bad. Biggest problem I've got is uh, my beard has gotten long enough that my facial recognition won't open my phone anymore. It just told me (laughs) face does not match. And I'm not sure what to do about that, so I'll uh, have to try to recalibrate that at some point. How you been? Hadn't talked to you in a minute. Oh, it has been a minute, but uh, like you said, we've been through all the seasons, it seems. In the last two weeks, yeah, we've been through all the seasons. And we'll probably do it again. As I was telling Gary, I was talking to Gary before the show, he said, well, at least there's no ice. I said, no, we just, just have uh, flood season, then tornado season, then heat wave season. So we're still booked. It's just with different stuff. The winter, it was a particularly harsh week and a half this time around. (laughs) Man. What you been up to? Oh, been busy. Legislative session with the the two special sessions and trying to keep up with... I, I don't keep up with all the legislation, but I try to at least give a cursory read of the 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 big outline i'm not going to read word for word everything that's dropped that would be impossible but i at least try to get the gist of everything that's dropped and it i don't know if it's because it was so stop start with the two special sessions or if it was the ice that slowed stuff down i just feel like while i had a good pace going the last three or four days I've just been flooded. It's like there's so many I haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, and luckily that will ease up a little bit. Yeah. But I would think that this is a great opportunity to tip our hats to the folks over at Capitol Hill that do keep up with all of that and do read all of that, and I don't know how. Because I've been in the same situation, and it's like I can't keep up with all of this. That's one of the reasons a couple of years back we spent a lot of time talking about the pecan bill. I mean, you know, you just have to pick things out that grab your attention sometimes uh, because there's just too much going on. And like you said, it's a, it's a legislative session unlike any other I can think of. Uh, we like legislating so much we put a legislative session inside a legislative session inside our legislative session. I don't know. that Have we ever had two special sessions during a session before? 
Not that I can think of. Definitely not since I've been keeping up with politics, but even in what little I know historically, I don't remember it happening. Now, don't misunderstand me. They were both justified. Oh, yeah. Both great, great things. Uh, but just very unusual. Uh, it kind of goes with the old expression, when it rains, it floods. You know, when it rains, it pours. Uh, that That's kind of what happened here. Everything happened all at once. And now poor Rhino is having to mainline aspirin, trying to get the headache under control enough to keep up with everything. When I come across a, a senator or a representative, usually going through these, if they haven't dropped anything, I make a note. Where it's like, all right, I'll check back on them later. I haven't even been doing that. It's just like, oh, thank you. I can go to the next one. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of this session in a nutshell. Uh, and a lot of stuff still to come. That's the thing. You know, the two special sessions got a lot of attention, again, for very good reason. Both huge wins for the state of Mississippi. Uh but in a lot of cases, you would look at that, that that would be a busy year. That would be a good session if you got those two things accomplished. Oh, no, those were issues on the side. We still have the main business to go through. There's a lot more that's going to be coming out of this session, I think. Like yesterday, got out of committee, the online sports betting. Yes. Which technically is already available, but it's only available on the premises or grounds of the casinos with the sports books basically the only advantage it gives right now is you don't have to put your car in park and go inside that's it you still got to go to the casino yeah the argument was you wouldn't have to leave your room at the casino yeah well it, it to me in a way kind of defeats the purpose they got elevators you know it, it's not that big of an advantage in that situation so yeah this was going to come up this was going to have to be dealt with at some point and I would suspect that's going to be in this session. If I had to guess, everything I've seen, everything I've heard, yeah, I think we'll get something done on this and move forward. And immediately, just like everything else these days, immediately once we get this dealt with, we will be flooded with complaints about how it was dealt with. You know, there's no pleasing everyone. Uh, there's never pleasing everyone in politics. Everything you do is going to upset someone. Once you realize, I've said this before, politics, life in general, once you realize that no matter what you do, you're going to tick somebody off, it's freeing. Because at that point, hey, I'm in trouble no matter what I do. I might as well do what I think is best. So it really is kind of freeing in a way. Stress-inducing. But freeing, I think. Uh, got some good stuff coming up. Of course, uh, the Grammys this weekend, which makes this the biggest week of the year at the Grammy Museum. I, I think it's safe to say that. Uh, we've got Emily Havens coming on here in a bit to talk about that. Got an interesting discussion coming up next hour with uh, Jim Leggett uh, from uh, Mississippi State, lecturer in economics. We're going to talk math. Oh, yeah. It's actually, I think we're going to have a good, interesting talk. And then uh, some guy named, let's see, I'm not familiar with this name, Will East, is that how you pronounce it? It's Close coming, enough. Yeah, coming in to talk about the big giveaway we've got that's uh, starting now uh, where you can win. You can put a 1000 bucks in your pocket and get two of the hottest tickets going right now. So uh, Will East will be here. 
at 12.05. Cannot wait to get the blowback on that. Um, You know, and I'll just mention this before we go to the break. Next segment, we'll talk more about it. Did you hear, and you heard me talking about this, griping about this earlier, Yesterday, the the House passed the child uh, tax credit expansion. Some other things rolled in there, too. But it was a huge bipartisan deal. Uh, Number one, I saw Matt Gaetz uh, get up in the discussion complaining and uh, practically yelling that bipartisanship is not the way to get things done. What? We have a majority. You can lose three votes, dude. Get over yourself. That's not the situation. But then, so it passed. I mean, hugely in favor of it, both Republicans and Democrats on both sides, major majority on both sides. So now it moves to the Senate. Well, need 60 votes in the Senate. Senator Chuck Grassley, you know the name. Grassley... To a reporter in front of a microphone said he didn't think he could support it because it might make President Biden look good. This is not new. This attitude, this motivation, this is this is not new, it's not unusual. But you don't say it out loud, dumb dumb. We have now reached the point to where we're just being honest. We don't care about whether or not we're solving problems as long as the right person gets the credit and the right person gets the blame. That's all that matters. That's the preeminent driving force for anything we're going to do. That should just remain an unspoken, commonly known secret, I would think. would be a little more... Productive. Am I wrong here? But you at least have somewhat plausible deniability if you don't say it out loud. Yeah. You can, because there, there's, there's all the implication you want, but until you say it explicitly, there's really no proof. So he's, he's voting not on the bill, not on the issues, not weighing the good and the bad of this and trying to decide if it's worth supporting. No, it's an election year. I don't want to give Biden something he got done. So if this was ultimately a bad bill, I'm not voting to stop the bad things from happening. If it's an ultimately good bill, I'm not voting to help anybody. I just want to make sure Biden gets his. Can we stop playing third grade playground kickball team picking politics? Because that's kind of where we're at right now. It's a lot of hyphens in that. Break time here in the Element Well Studios. I'm not going to write that out. We will continue on this Thursday morning, the first day of February, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go.
Welcome back to the Element Wealth Studios on a Thursday. Dave Hughes in the chair on this first day of February. During the break, I was handed something here. Got to make sure we do this. There are some things that apparently now by law we are legally required to mention during the show at least once per hour. So I just wanted to get it out of the way right now so we can move forward. <clears throat> PERS. Okay, now moving on. Stop looking at me like that, righto. It's the mood I'm in today. Uh, did you hear about uh, Michael Cassidy? Have you, oh, yeah. Have you heard about this? They upgraded the charges. It's a felony hate crime. It's a felony hate crime. This gets into a sticky area to me. Okay, and here's why. If they are a federally recognized religious organization, we 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 going to start treating religious organizations differently based on whether or not we believe in that by law on government property that that's kind of a sticky area here because i see a lot of people uh based on their faith supporting what he did i get that what would they be saying if somebody had destroyed a cross or a crucifix of the same size all things being equal, how, how do you argue that one is fine and the other one is horrible? I mean, destruction of someone else's property is destruction of someone else's property. My argument would be you can't hate an object. How is it a hate crime to destroy an object, no matter how much emphasis you might put on an object now if it's a person and you are assaulting a person because of their beliefs that rises to a hate crime but destruction of property i'm i'm having a hard time figuring out how you make that a hate crime now i understand legally they that has been considered a hate crime across the board yeah i just feel like the idea of hate crimes has grown way beyond the actual concept of a crime committed against someone because of hate. Well, and I, I, I see your point, and I think you've got a decent point, but at the same time, if they had burned down a Baptist church, would that be a hate crime? If they burned it down because they said they didn't agree with what they were believing in, would that be a hate crime? Legally, yeah. I think intention has a lot to do with it there. You know, if you if you walk up and you knock down your neighbor's fence because you don't like the color he painted it, that's one thing. When it starts getting into attacking and destroying things based on what you believe in, that's where they say it crosses the line, and I can see the point there. I see your point as well, but there has to be a line somewhere, I guess, really. When you, it's going to be interesting to watch this and see how it plays out. Now that they've upgraded the the charges. Before it was just misdemeanors. It was destruction of private property and all the things you're talking about. Kind of hard to argue that. He he went in. He destroyed private property. I'm pretty sure the destruction of private property charge has got some legs in that case. He freely admits he did it. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to work up a defense against that one. But when you bump it up to this next level, it's kind of the same reason when someone gets shot and killed, 
The DA is usually very careful about upgrading it to a capital murder charge because the burden of proof is much higher to get that to stick than just, you know, murder or manslaughter or any of those things. Uh, So it kind of depends on the case they've got. I would assume whichever DA is in charge of this thinks he's got enough to justify upgrading it to a felony because that will be a higher burden of proof. I mean, with the previous charges, it was kind of a slam dunk. They were going to sleepwalk through that case because you're accused of destroying private property. Yeah, I destroyed that private property and we're done. Now we got a whole different fight on our hands here. So it's going to be interesting to see what, what, if anything, came up between the initial charges and now that led to them upgrading it to, I mean, it's a fourth-degree felony, about the lowest felony you can have that still counts as a felony, but it is a felony. Which a felony, by definition, is a punishment of a year and a day or more in jail. Yes. So... I'm I'm going to be interested to follow this. I really am, because that's my very first question. Okay, did they come into some new evidence or information? Or have they been sitting there this whole time going, well, I don't know, do you think we should? Or did the right person walk in the office and say, here's what you're going to do, see? And they upgraded the charges. All of that will come out. But I think it's gonna, that to me is the fascinating part of this case that we've got to that, that I want to keep an eye on. I want to watch that because it's going to be somewhat telling. I think when we find out what it was, uh, Michael Cassidy. For those of you that aren't aware, uh, ran for state legislature this last time here in Mississippi. He's a Mississippi guy. He's a veteran. Uh, went to Iowa and kicked over a demon statue. It was a little more involved than that, but not much. So just to bring you up to speed on who we're talking about, in case you didn't know. Uh, Did you see any of the video of the hearings yesterday? Some, yeah. Zuckerberg. It was happening while we were on the air, so I had to go back and watch some of it. You could actually hear the servos in his knees were as Zuckerberg stood up and turned to face the families to apologize. Um, do you think Dog and Pony Show would be a proper characterization of that whole thing? I think that's one of the nicer ways you could put it. Well, we, we want to keep the license, so I went with that one. There are several others that come to mind immediately. Rhino's not wrong. Uh, at some point, everyone is going to lose their tolerance for endless congressional hearings with nothing happening. That's that's going to wear out. That's going to wear thin. Sooner or later, it doesn't matter how good a game you talk. You gotta you gotta score. You gotta produce some goods. Or at that point, everybody realizes, oh. This is just a scrimmage. I don't know why this turned into a football analogy, but here we are. And I understand. I mean, there were a couple ways you could go with the word score, but you went with the more family-friendly way. Again, license. Yeah. I'm a a big fan of keeping the license. It's less meetings that way. 
I'm not applying for benefits. I mean, it's great all the way around, I think. Uh, And I understand that there has to be a certain amount of freedom to run your company like you want to run your company, but... Uh, if, if it's pretty well rock solid for certain that the way you're running your company is hurting people, there's going to be a discussion about it. There, there's going to be some consequences to it, and that's kind of the situation we've got. Uh, one of the one of the family members, one of the parents that was there complaining about this uh, in the hearing yesterday, that was there to, to watch this unfold. Uh, his 16-year-old son hooked up with somebody on Snapchat who gave him some pills. Turned out they were uh, an overdose of fentanyl, and he died. He characterized Zuckerberg's uh, apology as half-hearted, by the way. He, he doesn't have a heart. He's working with the processor he was given. That's all he can do. So mild criticism about that. So these are people that have some some skin in the game, if you will, literally. Uh, that's the that's the group he turned around. He apologized to, he said he was sorry. Something is going to have to change, though, because and I, I'm not even going with that aspect of it. And I'm about to sound like an old man shouting at the clouds. So just just brace up, Rhino. Social media, you and I have talked about this, has caused a lot of the strife, tensions, and problems that we're going through right now. Because social media is designed to lean into human behavior, human psychology, which on a good day in the right light is ugly. It is not leading to good things. It has not led to good things. Could have, but people were using it. Back in my... No, I'm not. I'm not. Resist the urge, Dave. We're about to talk about the Grammys. We're going to be positive. Coming up next after the break, Emily Havens with the Grammy Museum. It is the week for the Grammy Museum. We'll talk to her coming up next. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk Mississippi. Chicago. A night by the fork. Well, and a plate of green. That's the way you spell. Uh huh. You all Girl over there. Bumping us in with one of the Mississippi guys we're going to be watching this Sunday at the Grammy Awards. And now joining us live on Super Talk Mississippi, uh, we, we've got somebody who is worked up and excited this week. I can guarantee you that. She's the exec- executive director of the Grammy Museum Mississippi up in Cleveland, Emily Havens. How you doing today, Emily? 
I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Doing great. And th- this is the biggest week of the year for you guys, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. We're, we've had a good time all week. In fact, right now we've got students in our soundstage um, doing an education program with two-time Grammy nominee Carla Thomas, uh, the, son, the daughter of Rufus Thomas. And so it's wonderful to be able to bring artists um, to the museum and give them opportunities to um, talk to students about their experiences in their life and the kids to ask them questions. So um, we love to celebrate this week, of course, with our great Grammy nominees from this state and around, uh, but also being able to bring uh, students to the museum and learn what what the road looks like to Grammy gold. Uh, and so we teach that in workshops throughout the week um, and just educating people and their and opportunities that they have in the music industry. Well, and that's the thing that I, I want to make sure people understand. You and I have talked about this before. Uh, you, you hear the word museum and you think, oh, well, they've got some, you know, musical instruments on display, some clothing, you know, just some, some artifacts and that's it. And you walk around and look at it and go, huh, it's a very interactive experience at the Grammy Museum, isn't it? It is. And, you know, in our interactive, um, of course, the exhibits, we've got, you know, so many exhibits that you can interact with and, and great films um, and instruments to play. Um, but our workshops are so interactive and being able to um, teach instrument lessons. We just kicked off this past week our um uh, workshops with, and we added voice uh, workshops as well as keyboarding and to our guitar lessons. And so being able to offer these kind of interactive opportunities to kids, bring in artists uh, where they get to actually learn from them and, and great tips on how they made a career out of music um, is certainly, um, it, it's, it's really gives kids an opportunity that they don't necessarily have in other places. And so we love to add to music education. That's what we do here. And to be able to add to that footprint in Cleveland, uh, in Mississippi, um, and on, honestly to help them learn our history and our legacy in the music industry from this state, things to make them proud to be from Mississippi um, and to learn how they can continue that legacy um, either as a hobby or as a career um, is inspirational. And so we love being able to do that as well. Well, and it's so encouraging. And that's a type of encouragement that I think a lot of kids don't get much of, uh, certainly not enough of, uh, because somewhere in Mississippi right now, is the next Bobby Rush, the, the, the next Steve Azar. Steve, I'll expect the check in the mail. Uh, the, the next <laughs> Castro Coleman, uh, Mr. Sepp, who's nominated this year. Unless they see, unless they have it demonstrated to them that, hey, th- this is something I can focus on, something I can be good at and enjoy doing and still become a success, that's an important message for the kids to hear. Well, absolutely. And look, and, and, you know, Bobby won his first Grammy um, at age of 83. So he obviously, he's a two-time Grammy Award winner. Actually, we have one of those Grammys he's loaned to the museum, and we have it on display with a small exhibit featuring Bobby. Um, and he's worked really hard at it. Um, Mr. Sip has been to the museum. He has worked really hard at it. And kids can really and should relate, you know, to somebody as young as Kingfish, who truly started, um, you know, in schools and in gospel and going to performances, but at the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale uh, with lessons. And so, you know, we we take it serious when we kicked off our guitar program and our voice and keyboards last week, uh, because, you know, these kids may not 
have, um, they may not be on the front of the stage and uh, they may not be the one winning a Grammy, uh, but they may pick up something here that gets through, them through life uh, where they can songwrite and write down their feelings and, and talk about their experiences to, through the day. Or it certainly, certainly may end up somebody like Kingfish or Bobby or, or Mr. Sip and, uh, and makes a career and a life at it. It's really good at it. Um, as I was at, on that stage one day winning a Grammy and I hope they look back and say, Hey, we got our start at Grammy Museum, Mississippi and that we played a part of that. So to, for us to be able to provide opportunities for kids, um, means so much. We do it every single day here and, um, and to be a part of that and maybe, um, their story in the future where they can add back to our legacy and history in Mississippi is pretty powerful. Well, and I would suspect I'm 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 going to speak it into existence here, Emily. I'm going to give some good vibes. Somebody is going to get that inspiration this week at the event you have going on leading up to Sunday night's Grammys, and it's going to be the start of something huge. We won't know about it for years, possibly, <laughs> but then it'll explode out of nowhere, and we'll go, "Oh yeah, I remember. It was back in 2024." And and that will be the start of something great because you have special events every day this week, right? We do. We've got workshops, and then tonight we have a great program. Carla will stay over from our education workshop and and be here tonight uh, and do a community program. And tomorrow, our kids get to rock, uh, get to rock the red carpet at Kids Rock the Red Carpet Gala event, and so they get to uh, to dress up. And we've got all great, all sorts of fun activities that they'll do here. And our youth leadership council, which is our high school group um, that works in our museum, and and they're going to help host that event tomorrow night. So it's really incredible to be able to offer kids they're going to karaoke and they're going to do dance contests and there's a dj and all kinds of fun stuff for kids to uh the paparazzi will be here taking pictures uh, of these kids on the red carpet and doing interviews and so to be able to give kids an opportunity like that i think is a lot of fun for our community uh, we're going to have free admission on sunday um and so sit in celebration and um and let and we'll have the the premiere ceremony where um, some of these awards and our nominees will be, um, those categories will be at the premiere ceremony that afternoon and we'll have it going in the soundstage so our visitors here can uh, step into the soundstage and maybe watch part of those that ceremony if they want to and so just uh, really um, look, looking forward to it, wish all of our Mississippians good luck um, on Sunday and just can't wait for some of them, I hope all of them bring back a Grammy Well, if you haven't made the trip, if you haven't been to the Grammy Museum you're missing out and if ever there was the right week to go it's this week uh, because there's so much going on and uh, I suspect we're going to hear some Mississippians names called at the ceremony uh, to receive their trophy it wouldn't be the first time and I think that's going to happen again we got pretty good odds I think this year Emily yeah, I think, I, you know, Kingfishers is just incredible, and I'm so excited for Mr. Sip and his nomination, and Bobby's been nominated seven times and two Grammys, and so, um, you know, both of those categories are going to be incredible, and I just, I can't wait to see who wins. When uh, Bobby won his first Grammy, um, you know, we, of course, wanted to put it and feature it here at the museum, and I don't blame him. He wanted to hold on to it, but when he won his second Grammy, he said, you're welcome, you're welcome to, uh, to display one of them now, because I can keep one close and then let the world see the other one and that's what we've done here at the museum and be able to share his story and um you know it's it's wonderful we've had all three of these nominees at the museum uh, for programs and uh you know we can't wait to welcome them back 
You know, I don't blame Bobby either because, you know, the, you win that first Grammy, you're going to keep that one in a secure, yeah. <laughs> undisclosed location. No, hand, don't get any fingerprints on it. This one's mine. <laughs> Makes perfect That's sense. Right. <laughs> what, what are the, are there special hours this week at the Grammy Museum or is it the same hours? And if so, what are they? Same hours. Um, of course, we'll open uh, Saturday from 10 to 5, and then Sunday we'll be open from 12 to 3. 10 to 5, 12 to 3 on Sunday. Uh, you can still make it up there, and you're open uh, all during the week as well, right? We are. So, we, you know, there are still some tickets available for tonight if anybody really wants to hear some incredible stories from uh, from Carla Thomas and her life and her experience growing up. Um, I love her. She told me a story about her, her sister and Elvis. And so she's just got incredible stories about her dad and, and her life in Memphis and music and her passion for education and music education is one of the first ones to really start some of that those initiatives in Memphis. And so still uh, got that program tonight. And it's not too late to get tickets for your kids to rock the red carpet. Um, and we'll be open um, today until five and tomorrow until five. All you got to do is show up. It's in Cleveland, the Grammy Museum. It's Grammy Week. This is the week to go. Emily's smile, always big, a little bit bigger this week, (laughs) just to let you know. So you're going to get the full experience this week if you go up to the Grammy Museum. Keep doing the great stuff that you're doing up there and keep inspiring these kids. I know I don't have to tell you to do that. You're going to do that no matter what anybody says, but it's important. It is so important to show these kids, especially the talented ones, the ones that could potentially have a future and be having the discussion with you down the road about whether or not they're going to let you borrow their Grammy. Uh, It's important for them to hear that message and see firsthand, hey, this is a real thing, and this is possible, and it, it's possible for me. That makes a huge difference in lives, Emily. So I, I think you're changing lives. That's my opinion. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Come see us. You have a wonderful Grammy week, and we will talk to you again soon. It's Emily Havens up at the Grammy Museum. Big week. Grammys are Sunday. We got some Mississippi folks could be bringing home some trophies on Sunday. As usual, because there's two types of musicians on the planet. The ones from Mississippi. And those other ones. Yeah, I'm biased. What'd you expect? Come on. Get on up to the Grammy Museum and see them. Final segment of the 10 o'clock hour live in the Element Wealth Studios. Up next. We've sent. Are we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. Three, two, one. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back to the Element Wealth Studios. You can go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006 and let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. Dave Hughes in the chair on this Thursday morning, and I was just telling Rhino, just, just found this. He just watched the video. A uh, little bit of a backstory here. A couple of days ago, Elmo went on X and posted, just wanted to check in. How's everybody doing? And 
the entire country trauma dumped on a Muppet. Everybody was posting about how depressed they were, how they were fighting for their lives, struggling to make ends meet, just very upset. He, Elmo then later replied, wow, glad I asked. And then Sesame Street immediately linked mental health resources. It's that kind of week. So this was a big enough story. 200 million people have reacted to that post. There's not even 400 million in America. So that, that's a pretty significant chunk of folks that responded to it. So the Today Show had Elmo on this morning because that's a thing I get to say now and still be talking about reality. The Today Show had Elmo to talk about this tweet and about how mental health is important and, and all of that. And in the middle of Elmo's interview, uh, Larry David walked out and beat him up. You saw the video, right? Oh, I'm not making this up, am I? No, he manhandled him. Yeah. Well, as much as you can manhandle a Muppet. He's a Muppet. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. Uh, and uh, right afterwards, Elmo looks at him and says, Mr. Larry, I liked you before. And then Larry David sat down and they had a discussion about mental health. We now live in a world where I can say on the Today Show, Larry David beat up Elmo. And I'm just reporting. That happened this Them's morning. Them's just the facts. You know, talking about mental health, a, a study just out, a uh, group called Leafwell did this, analyzing the mental health of each state. You know, the, the, the same thing, and as expected, as you would expect, uh, Mississippi, number 48 out of the 50 states. The only two that scored lower than us were Arkansas and West Virginia in terms of mental health. On a 1 to 100 scale, Mississippi scored 8.9. But we're still ahead of the flannel state and the couch burners. Yes. So we do have some small hook to hang our hat on. It ain't much. The hat's hitting the floor. But we can hang it up for a moment anyway. I do find it interesting that we think it's a good idea to put the this information out and put the because we have to have the conversation. I get that, but telling us how depressed we are is very depressing. I think that's the opposite of helping, isn't it? I mean, am I missing something here? I read this and I got sad. I was having a good day. And then I saw this. So, no, we're, we're actually making things worse with these kind of things. The uh, bottom five were Kentucky, then Alabama, then Mississippi, then Arkansas, and then West Virginia. Louisiana's not down there because it's Mardi Gras season and they couldn't sober anyone up long enough to actually answer the survey questions in English. That's my guess. It's a pretty good guess, you got to admit. Uh, the top one scoring 91.4 Hawaii. <laughs> Who didn't see that coming? Yeah. Well, you know, the ones that aren't on fire in Hawaii are not upset. Yeah, that all kind of just went away. Yes, it did. When's the last time you heard that even mentioned? Well, right after Oprah and The Rock went on, you know, begging people who were eating Raymond noodles three meals a day, desperately trying to get by to pay their overinflated rent, uh, to give a few bucks to help these people, uh, all of a sudden the whole thing just went poof. And nobody talks about it. 
Yeah. Number two was Massachusetts. Second best mental health on this gauge. And they, they, as usual, they gauge a lot of different factors and work it in there. Uh, it calls into question the whole thing. Yeah, it really does. Oh, oh it gets worse. It gets, that's why I'm doing the top five. The top five are Hawaii, Massachusetts, number three, New Jersey. Have you been to New Jersey? Did you watch Jersey Shore? That's good enough. And you're going to tell me that's some of the best mental health America has to offer? Is Snooky and the situation? Number four was California. And number five was Colorado. I still can't wrap my head around Massachusetts. Now, I, I, I don't understand that one. I don't get it. People in Boston are cranky on a good day. But at least they're mentally healthy about it. People in Boston would beat up Elmo before Elmo even said anything. Just because he was there. What would the people in Philly do? <laughs> He'd be up on blocks. They'd be selling that Muppet for parts by lunch. Coming up, we've got news from Fox and Super Talk Mississippi News, and then we'll talk about the cheerful subject of economics. That's up next on Middays in the Element Wealth Studios. And now, and now. the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. That's what I like to listen to. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Second hour of Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on the first day of February. Dave Hughes here, and joining us now on the show, lecturer of economics at Mississippi State University, Jim Leggett. Am I, am I pronouncing that right, Jim? Is it Leggett? Not getting the audio from uh, Jim. There's some, you might be muted, Jim, or something. I don't know. Okay, he's he's working. He's efforting on this, and then we'll get right to it. You just never know. I always like to ask and make sure I'm not completely butchering somebody's name. The number of people that have called me Mr. Hug has has made me sensitive to that issue. No, that that's the thing that's really happened, believe it or not. So uh, we're going to effort on that, and we're going to... We're going to get that fixed up, probably get him on the phone, uh, and that way we know for a fact we'll be able to communicate then. Because I want to talk to Jim, economics, well, as Elmo has proven, is contributing to a lot of problems right now. And it's a very arcane subject that a lot of people have trouble understanding. Uh, Jim can help uh, cut through some of that fog and explain a little bit better what's going on, including yesterday when we got the Federal Reserve notice uh, that the rates were not going to change this time around. Their regular meeting, leaving them just like they are. Having said that, things are getting better, and I believe, oh, oh look at this, we got, we got the picture, but the audio on the phone he's holding up. Jim, how you doing, sir? Good. 
I was about to re- respond to your query. Did you get my name right? Yes, it is Leggett, but, and you were talking about the Garden State, New Jersey earlier. I lived there for a while, and I was the Jetty or the Getter, and they assumed it was Italian. <laughs> that that <laughs> no, sounds about were. right. And I'm going, if it helps me get a good deal at the restaurant, I'm okay with it. <laughs> boy, boy, your economics all the way to the bone, aren't you? I like yeah. that. That's... And then to make it worse, my, my, most of my family is Scottish from North Carolina, so you, you know what, what we're like. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, uh, Rhino, if you would, jot a little note down in the booth. Let's not tick Jim off. <laughs> we'll just start there and build, I think. Uh, you know, it, it's... <sighs> I started to say it was uh, it was a big day yesterday economically because every month we get the the notice on the Fed and whether or not they're going to do anything with interest rates. But right now, every day is big in economics, isn't it? Well, yeah, because we had uh, uh, what you call it uh, the GDP report. Uh, what was it? Three point one percent last week, and that's good. Uh, we'll see unemployment uh, tomorrow, and then we'll see inflation. And I think if you're the Fed, you may have achieved. Goldilocks solution uh, or the soft landing. I mean, you figured out how to, how to take the wind out of inflation and you didn't kill the economy in the process. And that's something that was given very long odds when this whole thing really got cranked up. Nobody expected us to get that good of an outcome out of this. Yeah, because you know, we saw when uh, they, you fix inflation in the 80s, and it was painful for quite a while. And then uh, Alan Greenspan, when he was Fed chairman, to his credit, he never let it get out of hand. So, therefore, you, it's not hard. The analogy I use sometimes is, what's the best way to get out of a ditch? Don't get in one. Yeah, that's exactly right. Drive better, and yeah. you can avoid that whole problem. Uh, now, now let me ask you this, and this, while it's not really firmly economics, it is at the same time. Uh, we're getting all these indicators. The GTP, uh, GDP is up. Uh, inflation is getting under control. Growth has slowed in pricing. We're seeing uh, reports that rents are dropping and have for several months in a row. Why is everybody still convinced that the world is coming to an end? And why do so many people seem to still be struggling if things are doing so well? Well, I, mean, I think that it, well, I got two or three answers there. One of them, uh, it's an election year, so every uh, you're going to get everything from the world is going to end, and it's the best economy ever. I think, but the, the kind of there's now to get a little deeper is I think people still feel the sting uh, when inflation got out of control, which was not an unpredictable outcome. I uh, said to my wife when they started all this, "We're going to hate this one day," uh, and I was wrong in the sense it took three months, not t- twelve. Uh, I think so people wanting those good old days to come back, which they never will, and interest rates are awfully high. And we were at a function the other night, and uh, uh, somebody was speaking. I remember when I got my first house, and I paid 13 and a half, and I thought that was great. And then I refinanced at 9 and a half, and I thought I was king. You know, so I think what's going on there, and particularly uh, you know, folks in the interest rate-sensitive businesses, they got used to an abnormally low period of interest rates, and it's awfully hard to go back to normal because we're kind of in that range. You know, this is what it was in the 90s, and people bought houses, people bought cars, and it was okay. It, you know, it's 3% mortgage. That's, that's an outlier. 
So if you got one of those, hang on to it, because you probably won't ever see it again. And if you do, something's probably bad. <laughs> well, talking about the, the, the housing situation, yeah. there are multiple factors there. Yeah, you've got the mortgage rates. You've also got rents that are still yeah. sky high, even though they are dropping. They're they're dropping very minimally. Yeah. Uh, the inventory of available housing is still low, which is keeping the prices propped up in the real estate market. It, it, it's almost a perfect storm of, of horrible things that is uh, contributing to that, right? Well, well yeah, it's bunch of things coming together as a perception thing. Uh, and my wife's in the real estate business in Starkville. And we're kind of different because it's a college town. Everything's different about the college town. But uh, inventory is tight. Um, particularly in the range that uh, regular guys can afford. You know, if you are uh, want a million-dollar house, we can handle that one. You know, uh, and uh, and what she will tell you is because it's expensive to move, everything's kind of stagnated. You know, Dave gets a promotion. He gets a newer house. That allows Jim to come in. And But but she she's optimistic, you know, because she doesn't make money to figure this stuff out. Uh, they're, they're optimistic that it's kind of returning to normal. And builders are starting to build again, too, which is uh, important. Now, because for a while, they just said they were, uh, weren't sure. And then, you know, so I think all the, I think it'll, it'll be okay. I think if this wasn't an election year, we'd think it's great. But it's an election year, so it's either the best thing ever or the uh, – Mongol hordes have t- taken over. <laughs> it's all or nothing at all times on every single subject. But uh, the housing market and what you were talking about there, I think highlights to me anyway, and correct me if I'm wrong here, highlights a big factor of economics that most people don't consider. Most people live in the moment, and that's fine. But the yeah. the economic picture you're looking at now happened mm-hmm. two or three years ago. You're just now feeling it. That's right, yeah. And then I uh, guess me being a uh, a studier of the dismal science, when we did we spent six trillion we didn't have, and by the way that was a bipartisan decision. Let's be clear about that. But people forget that uh, first four were on a Republican watch. You know they liked that, but didn't like the other two. Arguably both were too much. And in the low interest rates, it was going to catch up to you. And I remember saying this: we're going to hate this one day. I thought it was going to be a year from now. You know, and uh, and. Maybe the other way to think about it, we tend to give our presidents too much credit when the economy goes well, as well as when it's bad. And maybe that's okay, because I really don't, I certainly don't trust you to manage the economy. I know I don't trust myself. (laughs) No, thank you. I I, I will very, very respectfully and cheerfully turn down that opportunity. I don't want it. But you can armchair quarterback all day long. Uh, Let me ask you this. Uh, you, you're talking about uh, the bill coming due, if it were, a lot more quickly than even you thought it was. Do yes. you think the speed with which that came around has contributed to how well we have recovered from it so far? Uh, yeah, you know, things happen a lot quicker than they think, think they did, and maybe fundamentally the economy was stronger than we thought it was because we kind of came out of lockdowns pretty quickly. Because I think you and I probably would have thought, Okay, we're going to be uh, do, do, watching Michael Jordan's uh, Last Dance again on ESPN forever, and you know which was good, but not that good. Or I remember ESPN had a spelling bee competition. Oh, gee, <laughs> yes, <laughs> maybe even a rerun at that. But I think in the world we live in, events happen happen because the one of my uh, I'll call it my intellectual heroes, you know, Milton Friedman, always talks about changes in economic policy 
with long and variable lags. To you and I, that means is well, it's going to take a while, but I can't tell you how much. You know, because if you could predict it six months, you could manage it. But if it's two years or a week, you know, and his view, and I agree with it, but the best thing you can do from policy is have certainty, and then guys like you and I can go figure it out. <laughs> and if you have a lighter hand on the wheel, you have yeah. a much easier time avoiding that ditch you were talking yeah, about. Or bouncing back and forth between, between the two. And if you come around here in April, uh, class goes in all this in great detail. <laughs> Well, we're talking about bumper car economics with uh, Jim Leggett, lecturer of economics at Mississippi State University. Can you hang on through the break? Sure. We'll continue talking with him when we return. I like how he keeps mentioning I get a promotion and I'm buying a new house. This is a great (laughs) conversation. I want to keep it going, and we'll do that next in the Element Well Studios. Keep it here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. What? What? This is so awesome. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here and joining us on the show, uh, the, the man who probably, I would say, has a unique way of staying positive, and that's going, eh, and then going back uh, to what he was doing as Jim Leggett, lecturer in economics at Mississippi State University. It seems like it would be a difficult time to be in the field that you're in. You probably do. You hear a lot of grumbling. Do you get a lot of grumbling questions? Well, I think fortunately we probably we mean the economics profession has done it to ourselves. We've made it inaccessible. But what I maybe what struck drove led me this way is wait a minute. But, but it's just about trying to understand why people do what they do. And what's kind of interesting, um, you can understand human behavior, and if you, I happen to really enjoy history, too. And if you look at history, say, not so much from a story of personalities, which is interesting, but what are the economic motivations driving that behavior, then it's, oh, this is far more interesting than you think you did. And, the, and one of the things I stress to students as well as myself is I uh, read the New York Times every day. I like the reporting. Sometimes I think the uh, folks who do the editorials, what world are you living in? And then I go and read the Wall Street Journal. And what I found is with that kind of economic knowledge as well, the journal does a lot about helping you think through that. You understand a lot about why the world is the way it is and how, why it works that way. And then if you take it to the field of policy, just as we were talking about our inflation, you know, uh, in 2020, that was not an unpredictable result. We've seen that movie before. But, you know, there's a uh, saying that there's actually a book written about it, about financial crisis. It's called This Time is Different. 
and he got the title from some guy, some broker who was talking about stock market in September 1929 before the crash was going great, keep going great, and this time is different. I suspect this guy lost his proverbial you-know-what, and as well as all his clients. <laughs> and I always get worried about anything. Well, worried too strong word. But I become cautious if everybody thinks something is a good idea. You know, that if you roll the clock back 2006, 2007, everybody thought uh, flipping houses was easy. And uh, if you know anything about uh, that, it's, it's easy until you try to do it. <laughs> Exactly. And the same thing going on right now with the short-term rental market with Airbnbs and everything else. That's a great way to bring some extra income in, and now it's collapsing. Yeah, well, and that's also not an unpredictable result. And and probably here we have an advantage is if it's game day, I mean, start, well, you have a game day weekend, people will pay silly amounts of money. Uh, And uh, because, you know, everybody wants to be in the middle, but you have to ask yourself, uh, you know, making money is hard, and uh, formal work, and then a lot of folks end up hiring somebody to manage it, and margins all of a sudden get tight, particularly when you start, say, yeah, I have $400,000 tied up in this property, um, I'm making 5%, I don't know whether that's the right number, I'm making X, but maybe if I put it in stock market, I could be making 2X, now what's the right place to put your money? One of them is less less work, a lot less maintenance. Uh, I can tell yeah. you that from my perspective. Uh, you mentioned this in the last segment. Just wanted to tell you they have released the uh, unemployment benefits claims. Released okay. that this morning. Uh, it rose, according to ABC News, to the highest level in eleven weeks, two hundred twenty four thousand. It's an increase of nine thousand from last week. And that's to me, that's just the noise. What do you mean? I mean by nine thousand sounds like a lot, but you, it sounds like a lot. But then I don't, I don't know how many claims there were, and that's probably you know that ups and downs. Now, if we got like it did during the recession, a couple hundred thousand. Now that's a, that's a oh you know what moment. <laughs> but tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow because typically the first uh, Friday in the, in the month, we'll see whatever the unemployment rate is. And typically, the fates of presidential elections rise or fall on what that. If you go way back. Uh, what we thought was the good old days. You know, Reagan ran on the misery index, some of inflation and unemployment. And you know what? It may be simple, but the average person understands it. And if that thing is high, the incumbent's got a challenge. <laughs> well, and you, you mentioned just a moment ago about mm-hmm. economists have kind of done it to yourselves. It, it's become a very opaque topic. You have yeah. to simplify it to where the average yeah. person can understand what you're talking about. And I think the misery index was a great mm-hmm. example of that being done. You know, well, I could talk about CPI and all that sort of stuff, but so, you know, these are only two things most people care about. You know, do I have a job? Do my friends have a job? It, and price is stable. <laughs> exactly. It, what What am I able to afford this week? That, that's yeah. what everything comes down to. Yeah. Uh, and especially here in Mississippi, because we have one of the lowest medium incomes uh, in the nation. So, in a way, I would uh, tell me your thoughts on this. I feel like inflation and things like this actually have a little bit bigger impact for people in Mississippi than they would in other states, or is it pretty much uniform across the board? Well, I, mean, I think I think what you're driving at, if you don't have that much money to begin with, and stuff gets more expensive, you know, uh, it, uh, I think it, it makes makes a difference. And but I think we have kind of moved in the right direction faster than I thought I would have. So you know, that's why. Uh, 
was it Yogi Bear said predictions are hard, particularly about the uh, future? <laughs> that's, that's the worst ones to make. It is. Yeah. Uh, now, you said that we're recovering quicker than we thought. Uh, if this continues, and if is always the operative word in these kind of discussions, uh, if that continues, when we get back to normal, how long will it be before people accept that as the new normal and realize, finally, that we're not going back to where we were in 2019? It's not going to happen. Well, I think, you know, politically you want to, but that every round of inflation has ever been, uh, for those who you are not watching me gesture, it goes up and then it flattens out. And it never goes back the other way. You know, it didn't happen in the 80s. And uh, the only way you make it go down is you have deflation, which means the economy went to heck. And if I told you in the 1930s prices were down 25%, you'd say, sign me up. But uh, wait a minute, uh, but 25% of you didn't have a job in the economy. So so one of the texts I use, which I like, says deflation may be worse, and perhaps the simplest way to think about it is because nobody has any money. So you know, so it, it doesn't matter what everything costs. If you're completely flat broke, it's a moot point. And the prime rate was, ponder this one, the best rate effort. No, big, big, Ford could have gotten that one, three-quarters of a percent. And if you want, if you keep the lights, so no, 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 I don't want any more. You don't understand. <laughs> well, and that that almost falls under the category of be careful what you wish for because those things are connected. You can't get that low interest rate uh, without having the problems that come along with it to drive it down. Usually, right? That's right. And, it, and part of the high, it, you know, the Fed does a part. But if people are feeling good about stuff and the economy is good, uh, there's only so much money around there. And if more people want to borrow money, rates going to go up. It's kind of that straightforward. Uh, let me yeah. ask you this. Uh, and you just mentioned this about if people are feeling good about the economy. Uh, and you talked earlier about, you know, understanding human behavior and, and psychology. There's a lot of behavioral psychology in economics. Most people don't yeah. realize it. Uh how much does that tail wag the dog? How much is people's are, are people's attitudes about the economy? How much does that affect the actual numbers, the actual economy? Well, uh, well, uh, probably one of the, you can debate whether his ideas are right, but probably one of the most well-known economists ever, uh, John Maynard Keynes, said economics is driven by the animal spirits. Meaning, which really means psychology. You know, if you feel like the economy is going to be good, or you feel like your basketball team's go, or they feel not what I what I think about the basketball team doesn't matter. But if the players feel like they can knock anybody off, they will. If they think they're going to lose, they lose. And there's a whole kind of interesting subtext or subfield of economics. It deals with expectations. And in the '80s, what what they what how they broke that inflation. They prove Paul Volcker with Reagan giving them air cover said, uh, we're going to do something about this. And they did it. And they go, lo and behold, that guy did what he said he was going to do. And instead of killing the economy, it, it fell much quicker than everybody thought it would. And the research suggested that expectations, both in terms of what the leaders say and do, say, more importantly, do they do what they say? makes a difference to the average Joe because you kind of knew when Volcker was making a statement or Greenspan was making a statement and it, pick your favorite president you like. Usually when they say something, they did it. You know, and it matters. Uh, it, hopefully we got an interesting little story. 
Remember the air traffic controller strike yeah. in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, Reagan basically said, uh, you know, that's a violation of federal law. We'll fire you, but go walk out. They walked out. And in and, and the uh, court, in the military did. And there was, there's a document sitting in the uh, Kremlin archives assessing Reagan. So this is a rare politician. He does what he says. And that impacted almost everything you can think of. And that's probably Jim, a good life Jim, lesson. we are up against a break out of time. I thank you so much, my friend. Talk to you again soon, okay? I enjoyed it. Attention, adoring fans! It's time for Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. The Element Wealth Studios rocking on this Thursday. Dave Hughes here, Rhino over in the booth. We have a uh, no, really? Update. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who you know was admitted into ICU and didn't bother to tell anybody uh, for days. Uh, well, he had his first press conference today at the Pentagon, and during that press conference, uh, talking about how he didn't handle it right, he said, I should have told the president. No, really? Yeah. And I understand, trust me, nobody's bigger on pri- personal privacy than I am. Uh, you have heard me get on this hobby horse many times. So many of our problems in society today around the world uh, could be mitigated by everybody relearning how to mind their own business. The old expression, good fences make good neighbors, it keeps you out of their business and keeps them out of yours. And then all of a sudden, they're a good neighbor. But if there's no fence, uh, they're so aggravating. I don't like those people. And then you have strife. So I get the personal privacy angle, and he didn't want to tell you. Got to tell the boss that you're not at work, and that's literally what that boils down to. He didn't. His deputy, uh, the the authority devolved down to her when he went into ICU and he was incapacitated. She didn't know she was in charge until two days after that started. So there's a big investigation into that. A lot of investigations going on about things. Uh, Speaking of which, forget about the Senate. The House may not pass the impeachment of the uh, Department of Homeland Security, uh, Mayorkas. I say that because this. And, and this is why I referred earlier to Florida Representative Matt Gates going on about, we, have, we are the majority party. We have the majority. We shouldn't be having to do anything bipartisan. Well, we've had retirements. We've had people that resigned and just went home. The current situation in the House of Representatives, if everybody is there, everybody shows up, and everybody votes, you can have two Republicans not vote for what you're doing and squeak through. That's it. If three out of the 200-and-something Republicans in the House 
vote against you, you lose. That's a majority in name only. And now in this thing, Representative Ken Buck, (sighs) Representative Ken Buck, Republican, uh, said this morning that he is a solid no on impeaching Mayorkas. There's one of the two you can lose. It's already lost. We had not even had the vote yet. Buck said, quote, The people that I'm talking to on the outside, the constitutional experts, former members, all agree that this just isn't an impeachable offense. It's maladministration. He's terrible. The border is a disaster. But that's not impeachable. That's his stance. I will bet you money he's not the only one that is going to have that opinion. And that is why we have got to get over ourselves. This is If this succeeded, it would be the first time a cabinet member had been impeached by Congress, and I think it's 150 years. Had the first time ever a Speaker of the House removed. We're setting a lot of firsts, and none of them are good with the Republicans in control in the House of Representatives. Why, in anyone's estimation, is that a good idea? When you have a razor-thin majority, I mean, razor-thin You don't walk around with swagger. You don't have that ability. Trust me, if the Democrats had a two-seat majority, we would be licking our chops, going, oh, no, 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 you're not getting your way. You've got a majority, sort of, that's it. Kind of like the situation in the Senate. Same thing. Nobody has bragging rights to be speaking about the will of the majority of Americans right now in Congress. Nobody has this massive lead over the other side where they can throw their weight around. That's why Gates' comments about you don't get things done with bipartisan deals. No, that's the only way you get things done. That's why this Congress has passed fewer pieces of legislation than I, I think any ever. It's a do-nothing Congress. That's not good. That's not what we need. And that brings me to my point. At what point did Republicans decide it was time to stop being the grown-ups in the room? That's the way I've always viewed Republicans. That's the way I've always looked at it. They're the grown-ups in the room. The Democrats run around going, and, and crying and whining and putting on a big show and everything else, while the Republicans... Put up with it and quietly just get things done and get the things that matter accomplished. When did we make the decision that that was a bad idea and we needed to sink to their level? Because I'm sorry. You never get into a fight by sinking to their level. They will drag you down to their level and beat you with experience every time. We need to go back to being the grown-ups in the room. Not the squabbling, not the yelling at each other, not, not, not the, the ridiculous p- 
public displays of, look what I'm doing. Well, nothing. Because that's the problem. This is all political theater. If it passes the House by one or two votes, or three votes, or four votes, it's never going to clear the Senate. Everybody knows that. So what's the point of this? This is a very complicated form of whining. I mean, I agree. Mayorkas has done an awful job. He has. The border is a complete, utter disaster right now. Yes. I don't think anybody with any sense can disagree with that. What is being accomplished with all of this? That at best... What you're going to accomplish is making a statement and then things staying exactly like they are. I get on this all the time. I feel like I get on this these days every time I'm up here. We have to focus on results, not process. We are so caught up in the process of making sure everybody knows that we, we're doing what needs to be done that we never do anything that sticks. You know what we can do? Say it every time. The way to fix this, the way to fix the border, the way to, the way to deal with a lot of these problems, January 20th next year, it needs to be a Republican with their hand on the Bible taking the oath. Period. That's the goal. That's the result we're shooting for. We do what we have to do to get there. We do what we have to do. You focus on the result that you want. And then at that point, we get the border under control. We get the economy back under control. We get a lot of stuff that suddenly looks completely different. Unless we mess around with all this nonsense, having measuring contest after measuring contest, just to make sure everybody knows we're here. And if we don't get that result, none of it matters. It's a moot point. So, I'm going to call one more time for Republicans to become the grown-ups in the room. We do a, we do a pretty good job of that here in Mississippi. They should they should listen to us. They should model us. We get stuff done. Two huge deals in special sessions just in the last week. Actual tangible results. How much squabbling have you heard? How much infighting? Right. You're the grown-ups in the room. You have to act like it. Washington is no longer doing that. Nobody up there is. And we have the lack of results to prove it. We've got to get back to that. We've got to return to being the grown-ups in the room. We've got to return to focusing on results... Not process and show. And that's that's what it feels like to me. It's all we're getting. So, it's a very long, convoluted way of saying, knock it off. Act your age. You're 90 for crying out loud. Act mature. We continue in the... That, that number wasn't that off. you got to admit. We continue in the Element Well Studios on middays right after this. Keep it here.
Houston. Come on. Come on. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. Ceasefire text line. Jeff in Forest County says, a border deal is sitting on Mike Johnson's desk. What's his problem? And then he answers his own question. I know what Mike Johnson's problem is. He doesn't want to see a win for Biden. They, they haven't said that as expressly as Chuck Grassley did with the uh, the tax bill yesterday, where he just came right out and said, uh, this will look good for Biden. I'm against this. <sighs> they haven't said it as expressly, but yes, that's a, that's a big chunk of it. Former President Trump has made comments to that effect. He then went back and changed it and started saying, I'd rather have a, a uh, I'd rather have no bill at all than a bad bill. So... If, if your water pipe starts leaking and it's flooding your house, I would much rather wait for the plumber to get there and fix it completely than go, I don't know, shut the water off? This is what I'm talking about, results versus process. We are getting so caught up in who's going to get credit for a win that we stopped winning. That's what it leads to every time. So, yeah, you've got a good point. They've got a border deal, but it's not perfect, so we're going to shoot that down. Now, after the election, if the right person gets in, oh, we'll, we'll pass something right through. In fairness, it does seem a little bit silly to have to tie something like funding for Ukraine to securing our own border. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. At the same time, you've got a dead tie in the Senate and a two-vote lead in the House uh, you're not going to get your way. The other side's going to get their way on something. So it becomes then a question of, do you want to stand up for your principles or stop the migrants coming in by the tens of thousands? Which one's more important to you? That That's where we're at. I agree with you 100%. It should not be tied. It should be a standalone bill. We don't have the oomph to make that happen. But at this point, it feels like the compromise was between shutting the border down and it remaining completely open. So the compromise was putting a limit to then have a trigger that shuts the border down. Mm-hmm. That's where the compromise is. Yes. It's but. no longer a compromise if they're getting the extra benefit of funding for Ukraine. Well, again, the problem is, you're right, but the problem is, do you want it to pass or not? Uh, that that's where we're at that's the reality that we're dealing with in washington right now I, is it good no is it perfect definitely not will at least do something because i'm sorry we've been hearing for months about the murderers and the drug dealers and all the horrible problems that the migrants are causing but we don't want to do anything about it right now because it comes off a little weak at that point that that's that's the problem that we have backed ourselves into. Uh, the majority wouldn't be as slim if Kevin McCarthy hadn't retired and resigned and went home. Why did that happen? 
infighting. Other people that have resigned and went home because of the hostile climate, because they can't get anything done, because there's a small group that's trying to control the entire Republican Party's agenda. And as a result, it's just been gridlock within the Republican Party. You can't even blame the Democrats for that. These are self-inflicted wounds. So we have now backed ourselves into a position where we kind of have to take what we can get. That's my take on it. I just don't see how we can continuously talk for months about what a horrible problem this is and somebody better do something. Okay, well, let's do something. Yeah, but I don't want to do all this other stuff for you. So, no, we'll just let it keep being the most horrible, catastrophic problem in American history. That's fine. Adults in the room. Is that how an adult would deal with it? Just my question. I do have some good news on the Super Bowl, by the way. In case you're curious, uh, if you, if you want to lay some money down, apparently Kansas City is going to win. We know this because someone did the analysis, and the Super Bowl will be the 21st game in the last five years that the Chiefs have played when the moon was in its waxing crescent phase. They're 19 and one when the moon is in its waxing crescent phase, which they describe as, and I quote. By far their best moon phase, end quote. So if you're into, you know, plopping a couple of bucks down, just just saying you've got something to justify your decision now. I wonder what the Venn diagram overlap is for people that believe in the moon stuff and the people that also sports bet. Probably higher than you think. Gamblers are superstitious. True. They are extremely superstitious. You, you, you got to wear your lucky underwear when you buy your lottery ticket. You know, it, it's that, that level of stuff. So I would think, that's a good question, but I would think it's higher than you think. Coming up after news from Super Talk, Mississippi News, and Fox News, Will, what is it again? He asked, will he asked, whoever that is, look forward to meeting him. He'll join us. Got a big chance for you to win, and we'll talk about it to start next hour. Keep it here. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi Middays on the first of the month. Our guest's favorite day of the month is the first. Will East, program director, uh, high potentiate here at Super Talk. How you doing, sir? I am doing. Uh, yeah, the first of the month. I don't know why everybody wants to start everything on the first of the month or Monday. And if the first of the month lands on a Monday, well, just batting down the hatches. That's the days that Will calls in sick. <laughs> he's ill. He comes down with a 24-hour virus, and then he's fine on Tuesday. Tuesday the 2nd, I'm good. Yeah, that's right. Well, there's nothing going on then. Everybody's exhausted. That's right. From the previous day. Well, you know, it seems only fair that we're going to pile on. We've got a lot of things in the hopper, a lot of irons in the fire. The big thing right now is the Taylor Swift and a cash gift contest, which 
Uh, we launched today, and you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably saying to yourself, "Well, Will, um, this is a political talk show, uh, and you also do a lot of sports talk, and you do hunting talk, and a lot of that stuff, and that doesn't really, it's not really conducive to Taylor Swift." And a little inside baseball here, Dave, I don't know if you do this, but I, when we do promotions or some big event or something like that, a lot of times I'll go to family, I'll go to friends, and I'll ask them, hey, what do you think if we did this? And they'll say, oh, that's a good idea, or it's a terrible idea. So when we were getting ready to do this Taylor Swift contest, I went to some buddies of mine who listen, and I was like, hey, man, we're doing a Taylor Swift contest. And without a doubt, every reaction, I probably did this to seven people, it was the same reaction, is like, Really, Super Talk's going to be giving away Taylor Swift tickets? That you know, that's really not copacetic. And then a brief pause, and then they go, you know, if you happen to get any extra tickets, yeah, my sister, yeah. my mother, my daughter, my aunt, some other relative, they'd really like. You know, I know you probably don't have a whole lot of extra ones, but if you do, let me know. And that's been the reaction with everybody that I've asked about this Taylor Swift. How should we do it? You know, do you think that'll work with a, everyone? The pause, and then they ask for the tickets in a nonchalant way. Yes, yes. That's a horrible idea unless you're giving them to me. <laughs> in which case, hey, this is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, there are no extra tickets, by the way. There's none. No, there's no extra. We had to give up a lung to get these. Yeah, uh, pretty close. And let's say you do win, and you decide, you know what? Taylor Swift's not for me. We're also giving you a thousand dollars, yeah, to sweeten the pot a little bit. There's so, something for everybody here. It's a little something. Cash is king. It's the best thing that you can possibly give away. Taylor Swift is maybe the one thing right now that surpasses that. I mean, maybe Super Bowl tickets. I don't know. There's probably some people. I have a friend of mine, Dave, who is going to Italy at the end of this year or next year to see Taylor Swift. I believe it. And the reason why they're going to Italy is because they couldn't get tickets for any domestic concerts. I know uh, I've got some friends that work in radio down in Australia. Uh, They had a whole thing down there when she was down there. People from America were going to Australia to see her in concert. And I'm like, that's like like an 18-hour plane ride. (laughs) Have you lost your mind? I don't like anybody that much. I don't either. I mean, maybe the Rolling Stones, but... Yeah. It's, she's the most popular thing going on right now. And oh, so yeah. what we're doing is uh, we're giving you Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun Park plus Super Talk Mississippi, giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift at the Superdome in New Orleans on Saturday. It's a Saturday concert as well. It's not some Sunday concert. It's not on a Tuesday. It's on a Saturday night in New Orleans, October 27th, plus $1,000. And here's how you can win. You just enter your name and contact info at one of our registration boxes at select locations throughout the state. You can go to supertalk.fm slash Taylor Swift to find a full list of registration locations plus more info. And why do we have that page up? Because new people keep coming in. Yeah, I added two this morning. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that list is changing and growing. So if you don't see anybody right next to your house, check back. Your neighbor's probably going to be a registration location by this time tomorrow. I think we just put three boxes at Margaritaville Resort. So if you're on the coast, you're listening to this, and you want to know where to register, there's three locations there at Margaritaville Resort and uh, Paradise Pier Fun Park. And there's a whole list of other ones. Like Dave said, we'll be adding more 
um, the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and it really is. There's a lot of squawking going on. You know, the whole controversy over they're showing Taylor Swift too much. She's ruining football. Did you see where somebody took and counted up how long she was on screen for the championship game? Uh-uh. The, the game from, from kickoff to the final horn, just that part, the entire game itself was a little over three hours, about three hours, yeah. 15 minutes. 44 seconds. <laughs> now, the same amount of time, a little bit more actually, was spent showing B-roll from the local aquarium and taco trucks, <laughs> and nobody said a word. Well, look, if you don't want them to show her on the screen, if you're the opposing team and you don't want them to show Taylor Swift, then stop Travis Kelsey from scoring, okay? Yes, yes. It's not that hard. He just Didn't he just pass Jerry Rice for most postseason touchdowns all time? I think he tied him. Or tied him I th- or something? I think he tied him. He, he may very well pass him in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, he is – you look at the stats, you look at what he's done, he is one of the all-time greats. He Absolutely. will wind up in the Hall of Fame. He is that level. Uh, so they're, it, it wouldn't matter who was in the box – they're going to be showing him when he scores a touchdown because he's a big deal Yeah, in the football game. Uh, nobody was griping when they were showing his mama. <laughs> no. Nobody said a word. He's dating the wrong person. Look, I, I'm going to admit this. I'm not rooting for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and here's the reason why. It's not because of Taylor Swift. It's because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on every commercial. Yes. They're on every single commercial. They're either individually on a commercial or they're on a commercial together. And it's gotten a little old, right? Well, I'm torn. I mean, I, I I don't really have a dog in the hunt here, but I do. So I'm rooting for Chris Jones because he's from my hometown. He's from Houston. So I'm, I'm I am rooting for Chris Jones. So yeah, I'm like you. Maybe I am a little torn now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, well, we've got I think it's four Mississippians that are going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Three on the Chiefs. So there's an argument to pull for the Chiefs. But the one that is on the 49ers is Charvarius Ward from Macomb. From Macomb. So, okay, how do I go here? Yeah. I think I have to pull for the 49ers, don't I? I mean, it's a hometown boy. i got to be a homer. I guess so. I mean, you you get right down to it. I'm pulling for the Saints, but they're not there. So, at this point, it doesn't matter. (laughs) There's always next year. (laughs) I have that on a T-shirt somewhere. There's always next year. There's a paper bag on the T-shirt for obvious reasons. Uh, So, yeah, there's been a lot of nyeh-nyeh about Taylor Swift uh, in a lot of different directions. But like you said, everybody's like, why would you do that? Can I have some tickets? (laughs) Yeah. And it's always, I want the tickets for somebody else, not for me. I don't want them for me. I want them for this other person who... You know, deserves them. <laughs> yes, they deserve them. They, they 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 really need to get these. Uh, I, I I would walk across the street to get those. I promise uh, you, Dave. Every one of them had that pause. <laughs> but if you could get me some tickets, I'd really. You know, my aunt really just loves her. <laughs> yeah, and now if you if you enter and you win, like you said, you can use them as bookmarks. That's stupid because secondary sale markets exist. That's some change in your pocket if you win them. Uh, but you're also getting $1,000. $1,000. Cash is king. Every female in your family will beat you up if you win them and they don't get them. Yep. So supertalk.fm slash 
Taylor Swift. Uh, let's see what else is going on. What else is going on, Dave? Uh, Steve Azar is going into pro wrestling. I don't. Know, I didn't read the entire thing. I think it's something like that, isn't it? For today's he's going to have some yeah. some wrestlers on, I believe, today. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to see Steve take a stab at that. He now this is Steve Azar. He'd be phenomenal at it. He's phenomenal he at everything. I think he could. I think he could pull it off. We got. We got to work on this. We got to talk him into this as like a feature. He's not listening. What so would we can his wrestling move be the Monday, the Monday massacre? You know, <laughs> I don't have. To, yeah, uh, Monday massacre could have the uh, the catfish clamp. <laughs> no, he needs to have the, the catfish clamp. He needs to have the one Mississippi. That's where he gets them down, and every time the ref counts yeah. one, he pulls them up and hits them again, and then throws them down. One, boom. He hits them in the head for every every letter in the, the word Mississippi. <laughs> the, the the crooked letter crooked Greg letter Sweep. crooked I, letter I. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, this could work. We have got to figure out a way to trick him. I mean, uh, to uh, to give him this great opportunity. Oh, that's funny. I think it would be fantastic. I would watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is never going to work. Sell is it? It's never going to work. Yeah. yeah. We still got to try it. Come on. I'll talk to him about it. I'll see what I can Tell do. him it's for the good of the show. <laughs> t- t- tell him it'll boost things up. I mean, he's he's talking to two of them today, so he's got connections. He could get in the ring. It'll be great. Luther Big Sexy Biggs. I didn't put that in the live read. And then the Glacier, Ray Lloyd, if you remember WCW Wrestling from the mid-90s. And they're going off into Hollywood. Going off into Hollywood. Pretty amazing. Will East, we've taken care of business. You're welcome to just hang around and shoot the bull for a while. I got stuff to do, Dave. Oh, come on. I got text messages, people asking about tickets. I got to answer. Known you 10 years. This is Jerry Lake. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Middays. Dave Hughes here. The uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. That, that's always bugged me. It's not the center. It's the centers. It's more than one. Multiple. Whatever. Uh, have now released uh, that uh, they've, they've issued a warning on the supplement called Neptune's Fix, which is also just referred to on the street as gas station heroin, uh, saying that it's contaminated with different types of synthetic marijuana. So we have a supplement sold at gas stations that's called gas station heroin may be tainted with fake marijuana. Which isn't that stuff called spice? Yes. But here's the thing that kills me. The the 
the whole reason for this being put out. The findings were based on a 2023 investigation of 17 adults in New Jersey. So this brings about a nationwide alert because one group of knuckleheads in Jersey, by the way, the mentally healthiest state and third best in America, uh, 17, not, not even a full two dozen knuckleheads in Jersey had severe reactions. 13 of them wound up in intensive care. I'd bet most of them got it from the same place. So you got a problem with this store. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous to begin with. The whole thing is ludicrous. Uh, sold as a dietary supplement at gas stations and convenience stores. Marketed for pain relief, depression, and anxiety. It's approved in some European, Asian, and Latin American countries, but not in the USA. Which sounds like we're, you know, in business. In the very next sentence, the Food and Drug Administration doesn't approve dietary supplements. Okay, well, there we go. So, just wanted to throw that out there. That just came out a little bit ago, and I wanted to make sure you had enough to worry about today. Your favorite person, if there is one person on this planet Rhino would like to get their autograph and maybe a, maybe a picture with them, Greta Thunberg, uh, she's on trial. She's on trial in London. Well, I mean, she's been arrested how many times recently? Yeah. Finally, though, we're making it to trial with one uh, because uh, she was protesting outside an oil and gas industry conference in London last year. So she's actually going to trial. Uh, I hope she stands up and looks at the judge and gives her most famous line. How dare you? That would be the one. I literally set that up because I love the way Rhino does it. Nails it. So I just wanted to spread that little piece of good news around. I'm I'm trying to up the mental health scores. Well, you want some some more off-kilter good news? Sure. Got some breaking news out of Warner Brothers in Hollywood. We finally have a name for the Beetlejuice sequel. They're not just going to call it Beetlejuice 2. See, I figured they were just going to roll with that. No, it's even better. Okay. It's Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. (sighs) With the tagline, dare you to say it again. Okay, that's actually not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. It'll be hitting theaters September 6th of this year. What do you do for the third one, though? You tempt fate. You you name it, Beetlejuice, 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 and the tagline is, it worked. I guess. I don't know. Okay, that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I just assumed they would go with Beetlejuice 2, and that would be it. Apparently, that was just the working title. (laughs) There's, There's nothing working. Speaking of which, a 19-year-old was taking pictures in an overlook in Utah and fell to his death. Uh, deputies from the sheriff's office told local media they believe he was trying to get a better view of the canyon when he fell. He, he was going for the better picture. How many times have we had this story with different people? Seems like about once a month. We have this story somewhere. Where some dingbat says, hold on, if I believe I can hover really, really hard, I can get a good picture. And then we wind up with a tragedy. Yeah, it's either uh, heights 
that they shouldn't be tempting or wildlife that they shouldn't be close to? Yes. I want to pet the kitty. All for invisible internet cool points. Yes, yes. N- nobody cares. That goes back to the discussion you and I were having earlier today about the internet and how it has really not been a good thing social media-wise because it's designed to play into behavioral psychology, which is absolutely horrific if you dig into it any amount. Yeah, far too many people look at the lives they see portrayed on social media by influencers or even their friends And they fail to realize that social media is playing a highlight reel of people's lives. Yes. It's not showing you their down days. It's not showing you their responsibilities. It's just giving you the very best of the best that they've had going for them. And a lot of people, sadly, feel the need to compare their behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel. It's kind of like that one friend you have that is so ridiculously over-the-top positive all the time. And at all times, they're telling you how great life is and how great they're having it. And you're having a bad day. And after a couple of times of that, you quit hanging around that person because you just can't take it. Except everybody is now addicted to social media to the point where you can't just walk away. That leads to problems. And that's where we're at. That That's... This is not going to be an easy knot to untie, but we better start pulling on something. Do you remember, as we continue our hodgepodge of catching up, because I've got about 50 things we haven't even hit yet, you remember a month before last now, it's February, so December, uh, when the guy was caught out for having filmed a non-family-friendly video in a Senate hearing room in Washington? Yeah, with uh, was it a German International? I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, Senate can, staffer and German International? Yeah. The the staffer who has resigned, uh, well, they, they have gotten to the end of the investigation. The U.S. Capitol Police announced today that they are declining to press charges saying that uh, despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there's currently no evidence that a crime was committed. So he just goes on about his business. Does that qualify as a public place, though? One would think. You would. I mean, literally, there are TV cameras. They weren't on. Nobody else was in there. I get that. I mean, if someone that didn't work there or wasn't, visiting under the auspices of diplomatic relations just say two random people off the street decided to sneak into the hearing room and perform the same acts on each other and film them in the same way don't you think they would get hit with at least public indecency if you video yourself exposing yourself in a mall after hours and there's nobody else in there there's nobody around nobody can see you and then you post that video can you be charged with public exposure Mm, probably depends on who you're talking to how the da's 
doing, how his week has been as to whether or not you get the book thrown at you or not. Uh, in this particular instance, they just said, uh, just go away. He's already resigned. He's quit. Not going to happen again. And I think they may just be settling for that. This is the question, and we keep having this question. How did we reach a point in existence where these are the kinds of things that are newsworthy topics? They are. But this this is what we're having to debate. It's because there's so little actual work being done. You know, you're right. <laughs> there's nothing of substance to talk about because everybody's too busy bickering. So let's talk about this instead. I do, I do. by the way, uh, before we get out of here, uh, you, you thought the Chinese spy balloon was bad? Oh, it could be worse. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you about that. There's been a resolution in something. Uh, we'll get to that before we get done here live in the Element Well Studios on a Thursday morning on Middays. Keep it here. With Gerard Gibbert. It is on. On Super Talk, Mississippi. As usually happens during the breaks, Rhino and I started talking about video games. I have a story for you. Saw this this morning and just kind of threw it over to the side. You you know the whole thing about uh, can it run Doom? Oh, yeah. They've, they've run Doom on smart refrigerator screens. They've run Doom on toasters, you know, whatever, smart watches. Whatever. They got it running on a pregnancy test one time. Yeah. Seriously. Got them all beat. They, a guy has doom running on a culture of E. coli bacteria. Literally. Uh, and he's just using them as the display. But literally, he's got... Single-cell organisms acting as the display and playing a video game on them. This brings up two things. Number one, we are getting extremely technologically advanced. Number two, man, are we bored. We are so bored. It actually looks good. I don't know if you've seen it. It's black and white, obviously. But it looks good. You know, one topic of discussion that we have had for a while, uh, several years now, obviously, is the price of gasoline and how it went up. And it's been quietly dropping because I've noticed, by the way, once the price of gas started dropping, 
several of the pumps in the areas where I get gas, somebody has gone back by and scraped off the Biden stickers with him pointing to the price saying, I did that. Which I think is hysterical. Back to don't give anybody credit. But I want to give you a bit of an example of how good we have it even when it goes up. Yesterday, the government in Cuba put a delay into the plan that they had. They are going to bump the price of fuel in Cuba after a cybersecurity incident, that's their reasoning, by 500%. Yeesh. 500%. They're going to take the price of gas, multiply it times five, and that's what you're going to pay. They did not cancel it. They did not do away with this plan. They just delayed it. They haven't set the new date from when this is going to happen. The cost of a liter, which is a little more than a quarter of a gallon, is like 3.78, something like that. Liters make up a gallon. Uh, the cost of a liter, three point seven eight, rising from twenty five pesos to one hundred thirty two pesos. Price of premium going from thirty to one hundred fifty six. Currently having their worst economic crisis since the nineties, but put that. In perspective, when we look at our price increases, and you look at the price of gas all around the world, but this particular instance, I want you to imagine that you go to bed and gas is, what What, what are we at now, about 270, 275, 280 in that range? Somewhere around there, yeah. Per gallon. Uh, you go to bed tonight, pass by the gas station and say, ah, well... I'll fill up in the morning. I'm tired. You pass by that sign that says two seventy five. You get up the next morning and it's fourteen dollars. Wow! And that's what they're going to do. That's what they're doing in Cuba. That's going to help the old economy. That's going to drag them out of their problems, isn't it? So just wanted to – I haven't seen much coverage of that. I haven't seen much discussion about it, and I just wanted to pass that along because, wow. Also, uh, California state lawmakers introduced several different reparation bills yesterday, uh, restoring property taken by eminent domain, uh Funding for specific groups, which even some of the supporters of it say this is, and I quote, potentially unconstitutional, but we're going to try it. It's the first state in America that has uh, put anything officially up to be considered. We'll see. I I think you and I both know how that's going to wind up, how that's going to go. There's only one way that can go. So we're we're in a horrible economic crisis. We've been battling inflation. Uh, they keep telling us things are getting better, but nobody really feels it. So yeah, we're just gonna give out magical surprise money because reasons. 
I, 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 I don't think that's going to work like they think it's going to work. It's almost like they haven't been paying attention. Yes. Well, we're kind of famous for that. The Democratic mindset is, oh, well, and I have actually heard this in board meetings when things are brought up uh, in municipalities and they're, you know, the, the the comment is, well, we don't have the budget for that. We don't we don't have the money to do this. The response from elected officials was, quote, well, we just need to find the money. End quote. That's the mindset. That's what you're dealing with. Can we pay for this? Eh, we'll figure it out. It'll be okay. It doesn't work that way. One minor correction. Okay. On the doom running on gut bacteria. Yeah. It's an MIT graduate student researcher. Her name is Lauren Ramlin. Okay. Lauren Ramlin. I didn't catch that. Very good. Again. Does not change my opinion. Lauren is very bored. Could this lead to something good? At this point, who knows? Elon Musk is making cyborgs. Anything's possible at this point. That's a fantastic thing, by the way. I keep seeing people going, are you crazy if you get one of those? Well, you don't have a chance. The only people they're putting them into are the ones that are paralyzed from the neck down to try to give them some of their life back. So let's please keep grumbling about that. What a horrible goal. Right. And it's basically continuing the research that was started by Christopher Reeve. Yes. Yes, he was a big proponent of this kind of stuff. He he was funding it. He was talking it up. Uh, it, it will be a fantastic thing. If they can get it to work, it's going to be incredible. And it tells you how long it's been in the making and how long they've been researching and developing it. If you remember Super Bowl's coming up, there was that famous Super Bowl commercial of Christopher Reeve set in the future where he was in a wheelchair, he wheels himself up to the stage, and then stands up and walks to the podium. Yeah. And that was the future he envisioned through the research he was promoting. So far, all we've gotten in our future is virtual kiss. Have you seen that, by the way? The the, the virtual avatars of KISS who are now moving forward, going to tour, tour as KISS. Well, that's what we needed. Great job there. C Spire text line. Thomas says, sign me up. I'd take an implant. We could play Doom on a Thomas, then. Will Thomas run Doom? That would become the question. Don't think we wouldn't hack in and try. We're bored, too. So we take a shot at it. You know, I've got this story here. I'm not even going to do this story. It's just the rankings of the state's by their level of, uh, their their rate of STD infections. You know how it ends. I know how it ends. We all know how it ends. I'm not even going to run through it. (sighs) I, I, I don't know. 
Maybe that's leading to some of the mental health problems from the other survey. I don't know. When we come back, Chinese spy balloon, that was nothing. At least it didn't, you know, poop on anybody. I'll explain what I mean by that in the final segment of Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on the first day of February. We'll wrap it up next. with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. The absolutely perfect bumper for this. Wild thing. Absolutely. I don't know how you do it. It's like you're you're psychic or psychotic. It could be either one. Depends on the day, to be perfectly honest. Bit of a blend. Yeah. Element Well Studios, middays. Uh, you remember the Chinese spy balloon ordeal. Those Chinese using these high-tech, you know, birthday party balloons to come over and spy on us. Uh, we had it good. We didn't realize Police in India have now cleared a suspected Chinese spy pigeon. After eight months' detention, they've had a pigeon in jail in India for eight months that they suspected of being a Chinese spy. But he ain't no stool pigeon. (laughs) That's just your opinion. Uh, Little little bird wing joke there. Uh, Back in May, they captured this pigeon in a port near Mumbai, had two rings tied to its legs and some words that looked like Chinese writing. So the police scooped it up. I don't know why they're checking the pigeons in India. You'd have to ask them. I thought we were bored running doom on bacteria, but it turns out they're frisking the pigeons in India. So... Police, seeing that, suspected it was involved in espionage, took it in. Uh, Eight months later, somebody finally goes, hey, sitting Chinese, this is Taiwanese. Oh, okay. So, in order to make things right, I am not joking here. I am not kidding. They literally took it out of detention, walked outside, and let it go. (laughs) Be free, young man! After eight months, it was an open-water racing bird from Taiwan that had escaped and made its way to India. Its owner, I would assume, was under the impression it was just dead at this point. That owner is on the phone with a lawyer as we speak. I would hope so. 
the best part. <clears throat> Sitting the first time in 2020, police in Indian-controlled Kashmir found a pigeon. Well, I'm just going to read it like NBC News has it written. They released a pigeon belonging to a Pakistani fisherman after a probe found that the bird, which had flown across the heavily militarized border between nuclear-armed nations, was not a spy. Spy birds. This is what they're worried about in India. Spy birds. Who are you working for? What? Got the bright light now. Shining on them. Who do you report to? Come on, squawk! (sighs) So things are going well in India, is what I'm saying, and we had it really good with the spy balloon. At least I've just got the mental picture of a pigeon with a Rambo red bandana on an old mattress. (laughs) That's so wrong. But so accurate. That's the scary part. That fits perfectly. Don't forget, you can uh, win $1,000 cash and we'll throw in two tickets to see Taylor Swift. Got to hit all segments of the audience here, right? Uh, the Margaritaville Resort and Paradise Pier Fun Park in Biloxi and Super Talk, Mississippi. Fine folks, all of them. I've met them. Uh, it's Taylor Swift and a cash gift. Got to have that little rhyme in there. Uh, You get a pair of tickets to see Taylor Swift at the Superdome in New Orleans on Sunday, October 27th, and $1,000 cash. If you want to be cool and say, I don't care about Taylor Swift, you have to also say you don't care about somebody giving you $1,000 cash, and I don't think any of us have slipped quite that far yet. So you can go to supertalk.fm slash Taylor Swift and find out the location nearest to you or just treat it like a big treasure map. Treat it like a geocaching trip and hit them all in the entire state and drop your name in the box. That's fine as well. The list of registrations continues to grow, as you heard Will back at the beginning of the hour. We added two this morning. So if you don't see one that's near where you're going to be, check back in a day or two. Uh, That list continues to get larger and larger, and one coming near you sometime soon, I'm sure. Taylor Swift tickets, which, by the way, there are plenty of people, if you need a kidney, they will gladly give you one for those tickets. And a thousand bucks. I'm in. You had me at a thousand bucks. Well, that's it. We are out of time. We got to get back to the break room and continue grilling that pigeon that was out in the, uh, the 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 lounge area out here earlier. I'm pretty sure it's it's an operative of Russia. So we're going to go check, and we'll report back on how it went. Have a wonderful time. Gerard back tomorrow. I'm back in Pike County tomorrow morning at 9.06. My friend, see you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.